Hello, everyone. It is a joy to speak to you again as we continue our series going through the Gospel of John. And today we meet Jesus in the middle of a speech. And what a speech it is. I feel humbled trying to unpack these 19 verses as it is verses filled with the most incredible, powerful promises. Some of my favorite verses are in there. And as I started to prepare, I felt a bit, oh God, can I, can I do justice to this? But then I was reminded by my, through my own preparation that that doesn't really matter. What matters is that the Holy Spirit can. And I trust that as we listen to Jesus' words today, he will reveal the truths of these promises in our hearts. As I said, we are diving into the middle of a speech here. And if you didn't get to listen to the message from last Sunday, I'll encourage you to go back and listen to that, where Emika so beautifully unfolds or unpacks the words leading up to where we are today. Where we today jumping in just as Jesus is speaking out one of these amazing promises that we will hear through our text. And we're going to stop up with this one for a little bit before we move on. It's from John 14, verse 12, and we read, Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. What a promise! And we are left in a bit of a, what? Did I hear or, or read that right? Whoever believes in Jesus will do the things that we've seen him doing and even greater things. I mean, that is a serious statement. Did Jesus really mean that? Well, I think it's fair or safe to say that, uh, yes, he did. Jesus' words are true and trustworthy. He doesn't come with promises that he doesn't intend to keep. But I believe in him. I do. I really, really do. Does that mean then that I do the things that Jesus did and even greater things? Let's summarize. What have we seen Jesus do so far? Just, just recorded here in the Gospel of John. Well, um, start off making water into wine. We have seen him heal the man that was crippled for 38 years. Reading the mind of the woman at the well, walking on water, healing a, a man born blind, feeding 5,000 plus a lot of people with uh, five bread and two fish and um, raising Lazarus from the dead. Now, I have seen some miracles in my life. I have experienced some concrete healings in my own body. And I have prayed for some people that have said that they experienced immediate healing. But those things that I just mentioned, those things that we've seen Jesus doing, I haven't done any of those things. And um, 
As I read and reread this promise from Jesus, I was left with this one simple question. What are the works that we've seen Jesus doing? The works that Jesus talks about here. In my mind, the first thing that, that sprangs up when I, when I thought about that were those things like, you know, the, the turning of water into wine. But then I thought, well, it can't be like for like, like that, because I know a lot of believers, but I don't know anyone else than Jesus that has turned water into wine. And I doubt you do either. So it can't be like for like, like that. But I am convinced that Jesus meant and promised that we will see miracles and extraordinary things similar to that happen through our lives and around us when we believe in him. So inspired by that promise, I thought, well, then there must be things in my life that I can call works similar to what uh, Jesus did. So I took a piece of paper and a pen and I started, you know, thinking through my whole life since, since I first became a Christian, asked God to remind me. And then I, I took this piece of paper and I started scribbling down everything that I could think of. And I, I started by writing, what have I seen? not heard about, but seen and been an active part of happening. And I started writing down and I wrote things like my mom's salvation, which brought with it immediate freedom from depression. Person very dear to me, miraculously free from alcohol addiction through the power of prayer and a miraculous intervention of the Holy Spirit. Been woken up at night with a person or a situation on my mind and starting to pray for this person or situation. And then at a later point, hearing that at the exact time when God woke me up and I started to pray, a miracle happened. And as I continued writing and God continued reminding me about things, I realized I have got quite some miracle stories in my life. Maybe one day I'll uh, write them all in a book and publish it. I mean, I've got my list started. And you know what? If you do the same, if, you, uh, if you've been a Christian for some, some time, whatever long time that is, if you look back at that and you do what I did, and I encourage you to do this. Take a piece of paper, ask God to remind you, and then just start scribbling down everything, small and big, in your life that you can, kind, that you can call a miracle. Who knows? Maybe you will be able to write a book too. This promise that we will do the things that Jesus did, it has always encouraged me, motivated me, inspired me and filled me with faith. And my prayer is that at the end of this talk, it will do the same to you. Be encouraged.
encouraged by these words. Let it stir you on as I, I know that Jesus wants us to experience even more than we've already seen. So be encouraged by this promise and expect that you will see miracles in your life. But I did say that the first thing that sprang to my mind when I thought of these works were these, you know, miracles like the, the healing of the man born blind. But uh, that was not all that Jesus did, was it? No. Listen to this. It's another favorite verse of mine. It's from the book of Acts. And this is the reputation that Jesus had. This is Peter talking to the Gentiles and and he's just, he just assumes, take it for granted, that the Gentiles will know what he's talking about when he says from Acts 10, 38, you know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing everyone who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. This was the reputation that Jesus had, this was what people said about Jesus. He was walking around, healing and doing good. Do you remember when the Pharisees tested Jesus and asked him, so what, are, what is the greatest command? And uh, Jesus answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest the second one goes like this, love your neighbor as yourself. And then he said, on this, you can hang all the laws and the prophets on this one command, love, which Jesus so beautifully demonstrated through a life walking around doing good. And as we read on in our passage of today, we will see that Jesus, he points towards this as our works too. Let's read the whole passage. It's uh, John 14, 12 to 31. So you can follow on in, in your own Bible. And we will start from the very top, rereading verse 12. And it goes like this. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to the Father. You can ask me for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. If you love me, obey my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them, them, they are the ones who love me. 
And because they love me, my father will love them. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the, the other disciple with that name, said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father would love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the father who sent me. I am telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. I am going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really love me, you would be happy that I'm going to the Father, who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen, so that when they happen, you will believe. I don't have much more time to talk to you, because the ruler of the world approaches. He has no power over me, but I will do what the Father requires of me, so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. Jesus starts here, as we've already looked at, with saying that those who believe in him will do the works that he, that they had seen him doing. And I, I do think that for most of us, what naturally comes to mind are those more kind of visible healings and miraculous deeds. But as we read on in this passage, we see that uh, Jesus, he he uh, see, says something very similar to this when he three times throughout this passage repeats, those who love me will keep my commands. All who love me will do what I say. His commands, which he so beautifully summarized in, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Three weeks ago, we heard about how Jesus was washing the feet of his disciples. Yes, Jesus works is those, you know, the, the miraculous <laughs> miracles and healings. But it's more than that. It is also the sacrifice of washing another's feet and any other love sacrifice that he might ask us to do. So then, what can we say that Jesus' works are? I believe that the works that Jesus is talking about here is anything that we do that points people towards him. You see, in John 10, 25, we've already heard Jesus say, the works that I do in my Father's name bear witness of me. The works reveals who he is. And this is something that we've heard John talk about many times in his gospel, haven't we? At one point, he even says that everything that he wrote down, he wrote down because they reveal that Jesus is the son of God, that Jesus is the Messiah, and that through putting our faith in him, we will have life. All the works of Jesus 
bore witness about him so that when what is about to happen very soon, Jesus dying on the cross to be raised again from the dead three days later, when that happened, they would know, and so can we know that he, he truly is the Son of God. He is the Messiah. And that through putting our faith in Him, we can have life eternal with our Heavenly Father. And this is truly the greatest work. And maybe that is what Jesus had in mind when He said that we were to do even greater works. The fact that we can now proclaim forgiveness through Jesus' death and resurrection, something that Jesus at this point of history couldn't do in the same way because it hadn't yet happened. But we can go into this world and proclaim freedom from sin through Jesus' death and resurrection. And this is the greatest work, what matters more than anything else, salvation. So whatever the specific works might be that Jesus hasn't thought for, for you and me, as we hear Paul say in Ephesians 2.10, that we were created in Jesus Christ to do good works that he has prepared for us in advance to do. Whatever those works might be, might it be the miracle of healing or miracle of love or, or both and all, what truly makes them the same as the works that Jesus did is that they lead people towards faith in him. For some people, what opens the doors to faith is miracles in the form of healing. One of my friends, what brought her to come with us to church was that she heard the story of how, how God once healed my eyes how I had this uh, very aggressive disease on my eye muscles that, uh, that made my eyesight quickly deteriorate. And how my, my optician told me that the only thing that could fix this was an operation with a 50% success rate and that I could be in the danger of having to be made blind on one eye. But then how God miraculously healed me with a 100% success rate without that operation ever being needed. For others, what opens the way will be the miracle of grace and unconditional love. I've told the story before of how one girl that lives, lived with us, we live in a house with many people, and how one, one girl that lived with us, for, for her, what uh, led her or pointed her towards Jesus, and which finally led to her salvation was that she saw a, the God-given patience that we had with each other in the house. You see, if you are a believer in Jesus, then this is what your life is. Your life, your works is a display of Jesus. Jesus promised us that when we walk through our lives, loving him, we will continue doing the works that he did, the works that brings a testimony of him, bears witness of him. Okay, so this is a promise, but 
this will happen, but still, how? I don't get it. How can it happen? Well, let us read verse 12 again. You're going to know this verse by heart by the time we're finished. So Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater works because I am going to the Father. This is how. Because. Because he is going to the Father. And how, how is that meant to help? I'm pretty sure the disciples had the same question. How, Jesus? How is that meant to help? Well, because when he goes, as we've heard read from this passage, so beautifully intertwined with the words about loving him and keeping his commandments, when he goes, when he went, he would send the Holy Spirit to be with us. And this passage that we just read, it is the most beautiful description of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. Last week, we heard read from verse 10 that Jesus saying, the words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, rather it's the Father living in me who is doing his work. And now we heard him say, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and he will be in you. At the moment when Jesus spoke these words, the Holy Spirit was living with them because Jesus was living with them and the Holy Spirit was living in him. But the time would come when the Holy Spirit would live in them. Jesus going to his father and asking his father to send another advocate, the Holy Spirit. And then we've got the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit being poured over the disciples and poured in them. And, and this same spirit today lives in everyone who has received Jesus. And the wonderful truth is that the father who lived in Jesus by the Spirit and did his work through him, now by the same Spirit lives in us and will continue to do his work through us. That is how, that is how we get to continue doing the work that Jesus did because the Spirit that did this, these amazing things through him now lives in us and continues his work through us. That is how. And this is true about you if you have received Jesus. And if you question if, if you're now sitting with, yeah, that's all good, but it's not for me. I, I can't do those works. Then you just have to receive this truth. If you have received Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives in you. And no, you can't do the works, but it is not you doing it. It is him doing it through you. This is true about you if you've received Jesus. The Holy Spirit lives in you. And in verse 23, we heard Jesus saying, anyone who loves me, will obey my teachings, my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. And we see that the source of keeping his commandments is our love for 
him, when we love him, when we delight ourselves in him, the spirit who lives in us will get more and more space in us and he will move us to keep the commandments and he will empower us to do the works. So I am encouraged to know that as I go into my day, leading the Holy Spirit or asking the Holy Spirit to lead me, I will do things, I will do works that um, points people towards Jesus. And if you've put your trust in Jesus, so will you. But I uh, told you at the beginning of the passage, or in the beginning, that this passage is packed with promises. And just as if the promise of the Holy Spirit wouldn't be enough, Jesus here um, promises us more. And we'll read from, from verse, uh, we'll read again verse 13 and 14, where Jesus says, And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. What a promise! You may ask me for anything and I will do it. Again, does Jesus mean this? Is he serious? And again, yes, Jesus' words are true and trustworthy. He doesn't come with promises he doesn't intend to keep. But let us remember that Jesus speaks this into the context of, uh, of his whole message. So as we... <laughs> go into the world, continue doing the works that he was doing, which is really what Jesus is talking about here. As we lay our hands on sick and pray for healing, as we love and care for people, as we, as we share the gospel, the good news, he has promised us that he, that he will give us everything we need. He has said that we will have everything that we need to, to continue the work that he is doing here on earth. As we pray in his name, he will answer. As we pray in his name, not just uh, adding on his uh, name as like, you know, waving a magic wand at the end of the prayer, but as we pray in his name, asking, praying for things that is according to his heart, for things that honors him. He will give us everything that we ask for so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And uh, just because he loves us so much and knows how we are wired together, uh, Jesus throws in an extra, like a, a bonus promise here. And uh, I, I can't end this message without rereading this beautiful verse. I call it a bonus promise because when you read the whole sermon, like his, his whole speech in one, it feels a little bit as if it's thrown in there, as if if this speech had been scripted, it wouldn't originally have been there. And it's as if I can imagine the scene. I see Jesus in front of the disciples and, you know, he's got this long speech and it's like, it's full on, it's a lot. And, and then he sees on his disciples' faces, he sees, he sees confusion and, and hope and excitement mixed with, with worry and anxiety and, and he stops up. 
And here speaks these beautiful words that we can read from verse 27, where he says, peace, I leave you. My peace, I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled or be afraid. Peace. And it's as if peace descends on them and they can breathe deeply. And if you are in a little bit of that situation, you feel a bit like the disciples must have felt in that moment, a bit overwhelmed, <laughs> you can take a deep breath too, knowing that Jesus speaks peace over you too. And with that, with his peace, Jesus can go on with his speech, bringing all of us with him as he ends with these words. I am doing what the Father told me to do so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let us be on our way. So be, on, be encouraged if you believe in Jesus. Be on your way with him. Do the things that you see him doing so that the world may know that you love the Father. Go in his name. Your life is a display of his glory in this world. He has sent you his spirit. He's promised he will answer your prayers. And when you love him, he will move you to keep his commands. So ask for the filling of the Spirit every day. Pray concrete prayers filled with faith and keep on spending time with Him. Delight yourself in Him. Fall more and more in love with Him. And as you do, you will do the works that He did. Works that glorifies Him. Works that leads people towards faith and salvation, works that declares his power, his grace and beauty. He has promised you this. And Jesus, I, ah, Jesus, I just want to thank you that you have promised us this. Thank you that your word is true. Thank you that we can trust that these promises are for us. Thank you that you have called us to go into this world, continue the work that you were doing. And God, I, I pray for all of us that have been listening to these words, myself included, that you will fill us with this faith, that, that these words, that these promises of Jesus will, will fill us with faith, will stir us on so that we will take our steps into our day expecting to see you move through us and do the works that we see you do. And God, I also want to pray for anyone that might be listening to this and don't believe in you yet, don't know you. Father, I pray that in this very moment, that the works that you've done, that they've heard about, that you will reveal who you are that you will be revealed, Jesus, as the Son of God, the Messiah, their Savior, and that they will be brought to the place of salvation and eternal life in you. 
In Jesus' name, amen.